You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. This is, uh, this is I guess, we I, I called the punk wisdom, so I don't know why I keep forgetting the name of it. But I did. So um, it's it's me, and it's Jessica today. Hey. That's it. Well, Allison may be calling in, but okay. if she doesn't, we understand because she is super sick. We hope you feel better soon. Poor thing. And same with our guest. She yeah. came down with something. Sorry, um, Doris. I she hope you said feel that better. she's either puking or almost puking, and she's in bed. Ooh. She said she'll she was willing to do a, uh, a segment from bed. I told her just get some rest. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. We'll just reschedule. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of the issue with having um, live episodes. As opposed to other podcasts, we kind of re, may record those and they can release them whenever they feel like it. Right. Um, which I guess we possibly could do with this, but anyways, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. How, guest uh, issues, guest issues. How are you today? I'm okay today. Wait, did we say it's you're Friday. listening to Punk Wisdom? Because you are yeah, on I the did Podcast say Detroit Network. <laughs> I did say Punk Wisdom. I didn't say it was Podcast Detroit, but the, there you have it. She, of course, I leave it to the women in my life to... Uh, Fill me in on shit that I forget. I forget a lot. Deal with minor details. <laughs> exactly. So let, let's get that. Out, let's get out of the way. Um, our Twitter account, which a friend of mine asked me today if we actually had a Twitter account, oh, kind of right like on. we do. We do have one. We're not using it, <laughs> but we do have one. It's the, it does exist. Um, it's at Punkwise. Um, uh, Facebook is at Punkwiser seventeen. Um, so check us out there because we are there. I post on there all the time. I'm trying to get Ruth to. Post on there more regular to, regularly. Mm-hmm. I know you meant. I don't know what I meant uh, because I'm not on it enough, you know. And I want if there, we have more action, people will interact with it a little bit more, you know. Right, exactly. So I'm trying to get her to kind of take that ship a little bit, so I can rely on doing my own research. Yes, I actually mm-hmm. do some research um, and lining up guests and crap like that, which we were had. Doris, I love you to death. Really, I do. You are an awesome person. But this is like, what, the third time we've tried to get her in here? (laughs) She'll come here and you guys will be amazed when she finally does come in here. You're going to love her. Yeah, you uh, will. Definitely. uh, Then our email address is punkwisdomfamily at gmail.com. I check it all the time. It's been empty. But I do. No, I'm kidding. There's some people who send stuff. Um, But that's where you guys can send us, either on Facebook or there or even on Twitter. Heck, I've. I'll, I'll check it out um, of ideas of what you guys want to talk about and questions from past episodes or whatever. You want to chew me out. That's fine too. I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about it. <laughs> it doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, but Jessica was saying that you're, you're having a rough week this week. <clears throat> yeah, but it's just because um, I got promoted to manager here. Yay. Awesome. So it's, this you first know, time I'm hearing about it. Cool. Oh, well, yeah, that happened. Woo. So, uh, Thank you. I'm excited. I love it. But also it's, you know, that initial, okay, you jump into a role and then you're like, all right, let me get all the, you know, 80 to 100 people that do shows out of here. Let me get their numbers. And so that I have it. I mean, it's not that money because I already had a bunch of people's, but let me get that and all their show info and all that. And what episode are they on? And I'm editing shows. So it's just, it's been a long week with little sleep. 
And I worked more hours this week than I think most people normally do in two or three <laughs> will far. So, but Damn. it's cool because it's that initial getting everything together well, is what's so time consuming. Right. And Dave you is know? usually a pretty busy guy too. So you're picking up some of his oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, so. I have a whole new respect for everything that he was doing before this. <laughs> And I would like text him and be like, how come you didn't text me back? Are you mad at me or something? And now I'm like, I totally get it. You like were busy and I kept texting you and you're like, stop it, stop it, stop it. I'm you busy. I, and just I, didn't respond. So I, did I totally like the get fact, it. I did like the fact that whenever I reached out to him via Facebook, like Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. um, he was he got back to me relatively quickly. Oh, right? yeah. He doesn't do that with me. But he's like, <laughs> it's fine. Jessica's not. I can ignore Jessica. This isn't about Jessica. a show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I totally get it. But yeah, so I'm excited about it. It's just, you know, that initial getting everything together that is is really, really, really time consuming. And then learning, you yeah. know, how to edit yeah. shows and post them, which... Which our last show wasn't edited at all. I got to hear the music because I went back and listened to it. Well, no, the music should be staying in, actually, because these are local artists. Right. But all the other previous ones, they had all the music was always edited out. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe Dave just thought to do that. I don't know. I don't care either way. Oh, I think I might have mentioned something. I don't know. That's the whole week. That's fine. Like I, I like listen. To, I like the little break listening to the music. I'm not sure what the listeners like. They didn't really say. Well, and honestly, like they're local artists, and they're right. like, okay, podcast Detroit, you have you know the authority to use our music. So here we are. You know, we want to post it and for people to listen to it, and hopefully get the band's names out there a little bit more. And well, that's what it's know. all about. Because I know what mm-hmm. I know. Because I worked within it. I Allison was actually part of it. I actually worked uh, soundboard for some local bands. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. And uh, it's like they, they a lot of times they have to pay to play, right? And so when they get opportunities, because my, my brother uh, was a youth pastor at a church in Hazel Park for a little while, mm-hmm. and he had the bright idea of bringing in local bands once a month. Right. And he didn't care if they're a Christian band, whatever. He didn't care. He just brought bands in, mm-hmm. and none of them really turned him down. Because they were getting a free shot, they were they didn't have to pay to play, right? Exactly. I mean, he didn't. There was if we had enough money come in from cover charges, we would share mm-hmm. some of that. But a lot of times, it wasn't really enough, and the bands really didn't care because they got free exposure and they didn't have to pay right. to play there, that kind of thing. Um, but it was a lot of fun because it was we got a huge turnout with of teenagers, and these guys got to play. Of course, we put a little ground rules on there, not to be too vulgar. Right. You're actually in a church building, but Right. Um but for the most part it was good. And yeah, I, I get it. It's so these guys getting their names out there any way they can. And Aww. some of them are really good. And unfortunately yes. they, it's hard to get noticed in this industry when there's so many out there. Exactly. It's just so competitive because there's yeah. so many people that are in bands and it's like, oh, okay. Well, it's another local band. Well, surprise, like these guys are actually good or this girl is actually good, you know, so. And unfortunately, it's, sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time. Someone hears you and it just gets out. Yeah. And I think podcasts can be like that. Being an author like that, it's like mm-hmm. that. If I get my book in the right hands, someone somewhere is going to, it's going to go viral, you know. Yeah, exactly. Which would be awesome. It hasn't right. happened yet. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, it just happens that way with any type of art in general it's being in the right place at the right time sometimes yeah absolutely i have to agree with that what's crazy is i was watching uh, some uh it was an artist it was on a voice it was a uk voice let's mm-hmm. show the voice and this girl i forget her name now but she was she won a spot on the voice she was on part she was on uh, boy george's team and uh he actually told her 
not to win. He told her to throw it because she got all the way up to the finals. Right. And she and he told her to throw it because winning it, she would have been locked into a certain contract with this record company and she would have to do uh-huh. what they wanted her to do. Yeah. She would have to do the single that they wanted and not hers. Right. So he actually says, throw this because you're good enough to get your own deal yeah. and you can do your own thing. And that's what, exactly what she did. Was, good I for her. Was good. Yeah. And so, good for him for, you know, yeah, and he, I'm he guessing he was her coach, right? Yeah, yeah. See, that's pretty impressive. You know, you care more about seeing that artist go somewhere and actually, you know, and he must have really admired her talent for that to go ahead and say, hey, don't do this. Like, you're you're really good. Like, you can actually, like, make it, make it, like, out in the real world with your music. So that's amazing as opposed to being like, yeah, my team won this year. Like, eh, okay, but is your artist going anywhere? Or are they right. kind of screwed? So, <laughs> And some of them don't. A lot of them don't, no, unfortunately. I, have, I haven't seen anybody that I can think of from The Voice that uh, actually, you know, became big. There, I mean, American Idol was like Kelly Clarkson right, right. and a ton of people, you know. There was, there's a few that have their own albums out now, but they're not huge. Right. So. And I feel like I'm just surprised because with that amount of exposure, you would think that, you know, you would have a huge following after that. But people are just like, oh, okay, I voted for you. And now I'm going to go do other stuff. And oh, yay, another season of The Voice. Okay. <laughs> and then they forget about you. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, my week. Yeah, um, how was your week? You said you've had a tough week. Tell me more. I had a tough few weeks. Um, I've I've talked about my Asperger's a couple times already on the show, and right. and I've revealed different parts of my mind. Um, this is just going to reveal a different part of it that I don't think I've brought up, or at least we haven't talked about extensively. Excuse me. Um, I, um, this is a, there's a common trait with most people with, um, I'd say autism in general, but especially for people who have Asperger's, they don't use Asperger's anymore. So I think I explained all that before. Uh, just in case anyone's tuning in this episode and they're not familiar, I'm not that familiar. So autism is the umbrella and then Asperger's and other things are things that are underneath that. Right. I mean, right now it's, uh, it's the... It's ASD or Autism Spectrum Disorder. Okay. And they throw everything under that umbrella if it is autism in any way. So they're trying okay. to do away with Asperger's in general, that right. the term, and just throw it under ASD. And so in a way, it's a good thing because autism affects people differently. Right. It's not the same in every person. So even though I may have Asperger's and someone else has Asperger's, doesn't mean that our traits are exactly the same. Right. Um. So it makes sense in that way, in that way. But when you just say ASD or I have autism, the first thing most people think of when you say I have autism is like, oh, you're like Rain Man. No, I'm not <laughs> like Rain Man. I'm nothing like Rain Man. Yeah. Um, but you get that. So you got you to deal with it. But when you say you have Asperger's, um, usually, and of course not if they have never seen the show, but uh, that kid in, from Parenthood who had Asperger's. So they think, oh, oh yeah. yeah, he had Asperger's. I kind of get that. Also, that. one of the attorneys on Ellie McBeal way back in the day, I don't know if you ever watched that show watched years ago, bit, yeah. but there was a guy in there that had uh, Asperger's. So when I, I try to use that label, even though the it's not common anymore or they're not supposed to be using it anymore. I mm-hmm. use it because most people can like, they can relate a little bit like, oh, okay, I know what that is. I've seen so-and-so with that or whatever. Right. Anyways, um, as I was saying before, 
most of us will we'll, we'll have common traits. There's certain common things that all autistic people go through. Just like um, core things that you guys have in yeah, common, and then there's outside things that are Stemming, different. you know, just different things where we, a lot of us don't like um, constant eye contact. Right. Um, there's, there's always a stemming thing. So stemming is um, something that kind of relaxes us. Some people, my daughter, when she was really young, mm-hmm. used to take her, one of her fingers on her hand, she'd have it on her forehead, and she'd just shake her hand, like really, when she was like really excited, mm-hmm. or it was just, that was kind of like a, a stemming thing. Mine, usually I have a finger that will just kind of just twitch for a while. What is stemming? What? It's it's like I a coping a mechanism. Okay. It's just something that you do that's involuntary. You don't really, a lot of times I don't even know I'm doing it. So it's like a nervous thing that makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like when when we're put into a situation to where we're we're anxious, right? You'll see that. So there's usually some. Sometimes people are more outward about it. Some, um, and it could be anything, absolutely anything. Somebody could just be shaking their hand or bouncing their leg or whatever. It's different with everybody. Um, So there's there's certain things, different traits that autistic people have, um, but they're not always the same. Anyway. Um, one of these things that I noticed that are really common, especially with people with Asperger's, um, which I'll kind of trying to figure out how exactly I want to talk about it. Um, in the beginning of this week, I downloaded a couple other podcast apps because I was trying to find specific podcasts that talk about autism or Asperger's in general, especially in adults. Mm-hmm. Most all literature that's out there or anything you want to find about Asperger's or autism, it's usually geared towards kids. Absolutely. Um, Parents trying to parent kids with that and so on. You rarely see anything with adults. Um, It's going to become more and more. There's going to be more of it then now because there's more people getting diagnosed with this. So most most of those kids way back when are now becoming more adults. So they're going to be, you're going to start seeing more of those. Um, I don't think that autism itself has been becoming more, there's like more people out there with it. Um, I think it's always been around. I think we're just finally catching up to finding out what it actually is. Mm-hmm. I posted a video on my web, on my Facebook page not too long ago. Uh, Dr. Atwood, he's like the leading researcher in Asperger's. In fact, his book is like the Bible for people who have, who have an autistic person in their home. Hmm. Um, it was only a half hour video. The vast majority of it was just talking about him, his family, and what he did with his life. So it really didn't get into autism itself. Um, but he gave a few things where he's like, autism is a gift. He looks at it as it's the next stage in human evolution. And he gave a bunch of he gave a few different examples of why he thinks that, um, as opposed to it being a, you know, disability disability type of thing. That's interesting. Yeah, it was it was kind of uplifting big time, um but it was really an oh, interesting take on it. Um but anyway, one of the things that we have issues with um and I was just talking to a buddy of mine, oh, when I was trying to find those podcasts with it, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't find a single. I mean, I can't say I can't find a single one. There's very hardly any that deal with autism. Wow. There's a few that are, are defunct where they lasted for a few episodes and are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple that I saw that are still go up and going. One was a guy who claims to be have Asperger's. Um, he's also a Christian guy, and his podcast is just way too preachy. 
And I was like, I don't want to listen to you for that. If, right. I, I, I want you to, to talk about, about the autism, ask, not necessarily, yeah. not, not the, not the, the God stuff. Not that I have a problem listening to the God stuff. Cause I listen to stuff all the time. I just, he wasn't, you know, it would be know. nice if it was separated. Right. You know, you could listen to a Jesus podcast if you wanted to. And if you wanted to hear about autism, you could listen to one that's about autism. Right. And that's what I was looking for was the autism part of it. Not, that part right uh the other one i saw was uh he actually had asperger's in the title of his show but yet every time he'd read like questions from the audience because he'd have guests come on he'd give them questions that his listeners would uh send in and every time his listeners would mention the word asperger's he made it a point to say well you know now it's asd you know i'm like dude you put it in the title of your podcast (laughs) you can't keep going back yeah changing it um the problem I had with his podcast is like he's so dull. <laughs> I was I couldn't listen to it. I could listen to a couple episodes like I'm done. Does this he have like some weird like monotone voice? Yeah, it was I was like he's so fun. Asperger's he's some, is blah, 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 <laughs> it was yeah. terrible. It was some good information, but I couldn't make it through it. Um so that was a bummer. Um but the reason I was looking all this stuff up is like we have a problem. I call it a problem because most people with Asperger's are we have an issue what we the best way to describe is we feel like aliens in a strange land. Mm-hmm. Um, we never fit in and we never feel like we belong. And that's an everyday thing. There's no escaping it because we're not neurotypical. A neurotypical is anybody who doesn't have autism. Right. So we don't think the same way as a neurotypical person does. We process mm-hmm. things differently. So it's sort of like I'm try- I was trying to think of things all week. I was trying to think of how exactly would I describe this for a neurotypical person to really understand what I'm trying to say. Um, it's sort of like you being left out of a clique or it's sort of like you dropped into a party of people that you don't know a single soul. Right. And they speak a different language. Yeah, that would be awkward. Um, that's the type of feeling where I spent the vast majority of my life acting. Right. I'm trying to fit in. I I look back at my, my Christian upbringing Mm-hmm. And there's been times where I noticed that when I look back in my own memories, I'm like, I, I could tell that I was faking it where I was wanting to fit into a group somewhere so bad. I clinged onto that one because that one was accepting me at the time. Right. And I was, I was gung ho about it, really gung ho about it. And I was fanat- and I, I was your typical Christian fundamentalist type kid. And I loved it because I felt like I belonged in it. When I started growing up, um, things didn't feel that way anymore. Right. I, I didn't understand the, you know, the logic got involved. Science got involved. I'm like, okay, this line of beliefs doesn't work for me anymore. And I don't quite fit in anymore anyway, personally with a lot of these people. So why am I still playing this game? Why am I still acting this part? And I'm I'm always acting a part every single day, every mm-hmm. day. And so it was funny because that, that's something we deal with every single day. Sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes it gets worse than others. Like the beginning of this week has been get, was really, really bad where I was – I went and texted a friend of mine. I use the word friend here loosely. Um, Call him acquaintance. How about that? Yeah. Well, I play D&D with him every other week. Right. And we've known each other for a year. Um, but we're not close. Right. 
I mean, more recently we have been just because I've been texting him or when mm-hmm. this stuff happens like this, like earlier in the week, I'm like, I actually sent him a text. Dude, you ever feel like you just don't belong? You never fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, my God, let me tell you. And so he texts me back and we'll go back and forth. And I'd be. My whole thing is I feel relieved. I'm like, holy shit, someone understands. Well, yeah, because you don't feel alone, <laughs> you know, which it sounds like if, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to understand, but it feels like you just feel alone all the time. So to have somebody that understands you um, and not make you feel alone is probably really nice. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was, what's, that was really helpful. Just me being able to text him back and forth and, him being him voicing the thoughts that are going through my head. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay. And it's those in that, and normally neurotypical people can know that experience when you finally, because everyone goes through shit mm-hmm. and everyone feels like they're the only ones ever going through this shit until yeah. they finally t- say something to somebody and find like, Oh shit, you're going through the same shit I have. Right. You know, same kind of feeling. But, when there isn't very many people out there who've got the Asperger's thing, who are feeling those same things, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard to find those people who can relate. And he was trying to get me to change the word from understand to relate. He's like, it's not that they don't quite understand you. Cause some people do understand people who actually take the time and learn what autism and Asperger's is. They understand. They just don't relate. Right. And he goes, and there's a difference there. And so that was something Ruth and I were talking about, my wife, for those people who are listening. Um, I was talking to her later on, I think that same day, because we kind of got into a little spiff. And it was all about a misunderstanding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that kind of thing. She's like, I understand what you're going through. I just don't relate to it. And I think that's that's the disconnect we have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the disconnect I have with almost everybody. It's like they just they don't see it. They don't understand it. They don't relate to it, and so it's, you got that alienation type feeling. So, anyways, that was that was my week. That's so, that sounds like that a, <laughs> a shitty week. I'm just saying. Well, it, it's something I feel all the time. It's just um, some weeks are worse than others, right? In this particular one, it was. In a lot of it started off with, um, and I'm not going to get into too many details about it, but a lot of it started off with Ruth asking me a question. I gave her an answer. She didn't. I don't want to say she didn't like the answer. I don't know if that's the right thing, she just, but she thought whatever I said, she took personally. Right. And so when we were communicating, unfortunately I was at work and she was at, she was at work. So we weren't talking on the phone. So it was via text message. Um, but, Best way to miscommunicate anything ever is through text message. Right. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but I, I remember, I remember sending a text. I'm like, you need to understand. I know you can't relate, but you need to understand Nothing I do is to intentionally hurt you or anyone. Right. No one. I'm not out to hurt anyone. I'm not out to make enemies with anyone. I go, Mm -hmm. even though my words may sound harsh, even though my words might contradict what I just said. Okay. Because it sounds like that I, some things I say may sound like I'm being an absolute dick or an asshole. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I, I, I don't think I like, and this was funny cause I did, I did explain this to her. I'm like, this is going to sound harsh and I apologize, but the only way I can explain it is to be harsh with it. And it's like when some, some decisions I make in life, most decisions I make in life, mm-hmm. I don't think about you. I don't think about anyone. 
all of my mind is is at that moment doing that task and I make a decision doing that task or whatever. Right. Um, consequences be damned type of thing. But I don't think about the consequences at that time. Right. I don't realize that my, whatever decision I'm making is going to affect somebody. I don't think of that until well after that. And usually someone else brings up to my attention, no, what you did did this and hurt me or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't intend that. But my mind right. doesn't think of that at the time. So it's like, it's, and some people look at it, well, you're just an asshole or you're selfish. Like, no, that's just the way my mind works. I don't think of these things. It just, they just don't. And it's hard to really explain it because people just think, no, you're just an asshole. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'll just keep, I'm an asshole, whatever. So um, is it be, I guess, is it because, you know, you, why? I guess. <laughs> I guess that I'm trying to be vague. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You can't, you're like, ah. oh, okay. With, without putting in too much detail, I guess, is it just because when you think of something, you're like, oh, no, I'll do this, but you don't take into account any one? Yeah. I, in a way, it's a selfish thing. Um, it, 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 to best, to better explain it, it is a selfish thing, even though it's technically not. But because, it's unintentionally selfish. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so it, yeah, so what may appears to be, what it would appear to be, it would appear to be selfish as opposed to, it's really not in an autistic person. It's not a selfish thing, um, because they don't think of it that way. Um, we don't express love in that way. Right. Our, the ways we express love are differently. So we don't think that what we did is a bad thing. Can you give like, a, like an example of what, how somebody, well, I guess how somebody who is autistic shows love as opposed to how somebody that is neurotypical shows love? Say that one more time. Sorry, I think <laughs> no. I said that wrong. Um, you probably didn't. I I was reading a text message from somebody and I totally lost you there. So go ahead. I'm so sorry. you uh, said that you now. show love differently. So how does somebody with Asperger's or just you in general show love as opposed to somebody like Ruth or somebody who's neurotypical that shows love? A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, What's the I tried to get her on a show tonight and she was busy, but a good friend of mine asked me that question. She was like, uh, so what is love to you? Right. Um, I'm like, that's an excellent question. Um, love is a choice. Love is a logical uh, choice I make every day. It's not a feeling and it's not an emotion. I have no feeling emotion attached to that word whatsoever. <laughs> Um, I heard somebody talk, uh, there was another podcast I was listening to and the topic of um, same-sex relationships and stuff came up and she was talking about how she, she's had, you know, she's experimented with both. She's had sex with both. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she goes, I'm attracted to women. She's like, I like having sex with women. She goes, but I'm not emotionally involved with women. She goes, I get that with men. She goes, I can't get that with women. Yeah. Um, she goes, so that's why she goes, that's why I prefer men over women. And, I, and I'm listening to that. I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. That I, makes I, sense I to it. me. So that, because there's, that's how there's the big difference. I right am. There. I could have sex with a woman, but I can't cuddle up with a woman and have a relationship with a woman because I feel that for men. Right. See, I don't understand that. Oh, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. 
I don't know really how to explain it to make sense besides <laughs> and just you're to not say going that's to be just able me. To. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to be but, able to. Yeah, but, okay. but that's that's kind of not to trivialize it, but that's kind of typical in the a normal person. Mm-hmm. I get, I understand that. I don't relate to it, right. but I can understand that. Uh, love to me is an actual is actual words. It's deeds. It's show it to me. It's not, you know, you cuddling with me, you touching me and so on. Like that does nothing for me. Um, I express love to people by spending time with them. Mm -hmm. I'm introverted. I am autistic, which means I don't like being around people most of the time. Right. So if I take my time out of my day to sit down with you, that should show, that should be telling you that I'm showing you the ultimate Love I can show to somebody. You know that I give a shit about you if I'm actually taking time to be around you. Right. Yeah. And so last time we would, our last podcast when I was mentioning that when I send you a text message or when I send you a message, mm-hmm. it's always important to me. I'm reaching out to you. Mm-hmm. It's important to me mm-hmm. because otherwise I wouldn't be doing it at all. Right. Um, same thing is like if I decide to sit down and have spend time with you, it's because I actually like you and I want to spend time with you. I was mm-hmm. having these, I'll have these, uh, Let's bring up Facebook. I posted, uh, no, did I? Was it, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we talked about it a little bit when I talked, when I posted that article about uh, Jesus might not, exi- might not have ever existed. Mm-hmm. And I was going back and forth with a certain individual on the Facebook, on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I noticed, and this is why I don't get together with some of these people, because someone else challenged me. He's like, you should get together with this guy and sit down and have a beer. I'm like, no. No, I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, I don't want to sit down and go, have a beer with somebody just to argue. I go, here's here's the reason why. And just, this is how I can filter a lot of these people out where I know, and this sounds selfish, but my time is limited. I work full-time. I school, go to school full-time. My only times I have even available open are the actual weekends, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, and the reason I don't spend, spend time with so, the said individuals, because every conversation I've ever had with him on Facebook, he decides to, he tries to put me in a box. He right. tries to label me. Whereas with a person with Asperger's or any person with most of the time with anybody with autism, they're automatically out of the box. They're born out of the box. We mm-hmm. don't think like normal people do. We're not a neurotypical person. Our mind thinks of things differently. So we're automatically outside the box. So when you start trying to put us in a box, and I looked, and I never called him out on it, but even if he's listening, which I doubt he is, if he's listening, I'm telling you now, you try putting me into a box, you try labeling me. The only reason you're doing that is because now all of a sudden your arguments make sense to you. Mm-hmm. You have something to argue against me. But when I'm outside the box, your arguments don't mean shit. They don't, they don't work mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not that person that you're, you, yeah, I'm not, if that makes any sense. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> no, that, that actually does make sense. So basically this person is trying to put you in a box for their own comfort, whereas you can't do that because you don't think inside the box. You're not round peg, round hole, square peg, square hole, you know? Allison says she's trying to get through and she can't get through. Uh, I'm not getting any calls. So. I don't know. Right. So anyway, that so I mean the biggest difference when it comes to love, uh, especially like for me, mine is a like I said, do you want to show me that you care about me? Spend time with me. Right. Agreed. Um, I think um, people confuse, and I've done this many times in my past, confuse infatuation for actual love, the butterfly feeling, the, yeah, the happy, hun- warm the feeling inside. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and. I mean, that's basically infatuation. 
that's not really what love is. Love is an action. Love is a choice. So love is choosing to love somebody every day. Not well, that, that feeling wears off after a time. So well, when you're exactly. first dating somebody, there's it's that infatuation. It's not love. I've never experienced that. But the thing I'm so I'm fascinated with it. I get fascinated with things that I don't understand. Right. Women, love, religion, philosophy. Mm-hmm. That's why those are things I go after. Those are things I, I I read about. I want to learn more about those subjects because I have they they are totally foreign to me. Right. So I've studied this whole love thing. I've wanted to know more about it because it's something that I don't personally get. I don't feel. Um, I tried explaining that to uh, a Christian friend of mine once because I, I asked them. I'm like, other than the Bible itself, we're turning into religion here. Other than the Bible itself telling you that God exists, why do you believe God exists? Just take the Bible out of the equation. Why do you think he exists? For why me, do you think there is one? It's a feeling. Exactly. And that's mainly the answer I get all the time. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have that feeling. When people talked about when I was growing up that the Holy Spirit was in you and helps you make decipher right and wrong and helps you make the right decisions and helps you not make the bad decisions and so on. And I'm like, oh, you mean a conscience? Well, no, the Holy Spirit's really your conscience and so on. I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't get any of that. I don't feel guilt for anything I've done. Nothing. So let's get that out of the way. I go, there is no conscience there. I go, if I... uh, I go, doesn't mean I don't have morals. And that's one thing I do look right. back at my own church upbringing where I do value those that I've learned through that. Um, but so when God isn't that feeling for me anymore or ever, then what do I have? I can't go back to the book because there's other holy books out there too claiming that there's other gods that exist. So that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's so, confusing. So anyway, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going with it was like this whole, there's that detachment. Now, that one friend of mine I was uh, talking to early in the week during text messages and so on, he was kind of saying the same thing where he's like, there's that disconnect. That he doesn't know something. He's going through a divorce or he already went through the divorce. I forget. Um, but he was like, there's times where he questions whether his kids actually love him or not. He doesn't know because he doesn't, he's never experienced that feeling. There's, it's, it's not there. Right. So, so when his kids were little and hugging him, he didn't get that feeling of, oh, my little precious, you know, even though he loved his child, he didn't get that, oh, my God, my precious little mini me or whatever and get the warm, fuzzy feeling for that. Which when I say that, that probably doesn't make any sense to you. Like what warm, fuzzy feeling? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is... I, there's, do you want me to call Allison so she can jump in with us? There's two times in my life. I don't care what you do. Okay. Uh, there's two times in my life... Two times in 43 years of my life where I can actually say that I broke down sobbing, crying over something. Only twice. One was when I was 13 and uh, my grandmother died. It was my mom's mom. Um, I don't know much more than that, but I just I just remember bawling my eyes out outside the funeral. Um, and the other time was when my daughter was born. Those are the only two times ever. What made you cry, though? Did you feel something? Uh, I don't know. I, I go... With the grandma thing, I don't know, because I've never I never cried at a funeral since then. Not one. Even when my one of my best friends died at age thirty three, suddenly I, there was no waterworks whatsoever. Um, nothing. I didn't feel anything. Um, when my daughter was born, it was the nurse that came up to me we were in the NICU, and she asked me what her name was, and I couldn't get through spelling it. <laughs> so. 
there was something there. I don't know what to call it though. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Did you? I mean, did you feel something though? Yeah, I think so. Because it sounds like it. I don't think you would start crying over. Well, there was something. Definitely something there. It's just like when I was talking to Ruth earlier this week. How I told her, I was like, you know, you're the only person in my life, including Kirsten. Kirsten's my daughter. You're the only person in my life that can actually actually raise my anxiety. Right. You're the in meaning you're the only one I truly truly care about. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's love, Matt." Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm it like, is. I'm like, okay, if that's what you want to label it. I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> I go, it doesn't, it, what I feel does not sound, feel like or sound like anything I've ever read or saw in a movie or nothing. I hate that negative part so, of it is also love. So, yeah, you know. So, so there's something there. I know. Yeah. So there, so I'm not saying that I am totally heartless. There is something there. I just don't know how to describe it. And it's very, very few and far between. You're not, uh, you know, dead inside sociopath, but you're also not an empath, you know? Yeah, right. So somebody breathing on the phone right now. It's Allison. Oh, is yeah. she there? <laughs> You're talking, and it, and I'm here, and I. You have no idea how hard it was to get through that last, I don't know, sixty-five seconds or so, without coughing <laughs> and interrupting <laughs> what you're saying. Oh, you but I must love you a whole lot, Matt, because you raise my anxiety all the time. <laughs> You know what, Chris and I were just talking about this, and we wanted to kill each other all week because we've both been stressed out and we're broken up, so it's awkward. But I told him today, I said, you know what, you're one of the few people that can really get under my skin. And granted, we're not in love and going to have babies and all that happy stuff, but you know, we're broken up, but um, I I still do love him. And he's one of the few people that can really get under my skin. If I care about you a lot, you that means that I've actually allowed you in close to me and you have an effect over how I feel. If it's somebody that I don't know that well, I don't really care. Unless I hurt your feelings, right. then I'll feel bad, obviously. But, you know, few people can get me to the point to push me into a full-on panic attack. And Chris happens to be one of them. <laughs> So, but it, yeah, I, sadly, I totally that is love. Too. That is also love. So, huh? I totally agree. I don't, most people, I don't, in fact, I don't, I'm probably a little bit like Matt in when people really try and irritate me or put me in a box like that or do something like that. I find it, I don't, I don't know. Some, I guess sometimes I think it's funny. Funny how if they're gonna go through if they're gonna go through all that effort, I I, get, I think it says more about them than it does about me. Oh, definitely. So mm-hmm. yeah, so if I start to think about it like that, it's comical because why would I invest anything into somebody who's doing this? So exactly, and yeah that that just makes me shut the door. That when much when time it, when time itself is so limited, uh, you want to spend it with the people that you actually care for. Um, or somebody can, that can make a difference in your life. I oh, mean, definitely. they don't necessarily yeah, yeah. have to, you know, be somebody you care for, but somebody who imposes a positive impact on who you are. If I can learn Makes something from you. your day a little better. If I can learn something from you. That's, that's the big thing, too. Is like, I, I don't mind getting together with people who have difference of opinion to me. Let's actually have a conversation, and you might actually be able to steer me in a different direction. I'm all open to that. Let's do it. Um, but don't sit there and... And ridicule and don't sit there and say, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, you're wrong here. I'm like, no, just give me your opinion. I'll give you my opinion and we'll hash it out. Right. Don't be an asshole. 
basically. <laughs> don't be afraid. That is my work. Oh my god. I'm sorry. No, that's right. I I'm trying, but I'm not there to infect you and kill you both. So <laughs> I miss you terribly, but I'm very thankful for that, and I'm sorry that you are feeling terrible right now, Allison. I know. I know. I, We're not even going to talk about that. I had to go to work today. I'm giving Jessica anxiety over here. No, I'm good. I naturally <laughs> have anxiety. So <laughs> I'm medicated always. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. No, so no, I know, mean, but you mentioned, Jessica mentioned that I don't despise the time. We'll have to talk about it because life is hard for you right now with Chris and also. No, I mean, you know what? Let, it's it's really not that bad. We he's my best friend and my worst enemy in the same day, you That's know. And like he said today, he's like, um, you know, one day I want to kill you, the next day I want to bang the crap out of you, and you know, have kids with you. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. No, that's how it works. Trust me. Our first problem. Yeah, the only the only people that really piss you off are the people that you care about. Exactly. So. And like I, I said to him, I said, you know, if we didn't give a shit about one another, like we wouldn't be able to get under one another's skin like this. Yeah. It wouldn't be such heightened emotions because we wouldn't have any emotions for one another because we just wouldn't care. So there's then that. you'd know it was over. That's true. Well, yeah, and he's very important to me, whether or not he's technically my boyfriend at this point. Like, I'd do anything for the kid, you know, and I know he'd do anything for me. So that's a whole lot more important and to I, me. And I get that to a certain extent. I can, re- to a certain extent, I can relate to that. But there's, yeah. Ruth and I have had the discussion a couple times, and it's a hard discussion to have mm-hmm. between us because she's, she doesn't like to hear it. She doesn't like to hear it voiced out loud that, I still have that detachment to where I can walk away from even her and it's not going to bother me. Right. Um, it might be, it'll take a little bit longer with her. It'll take a little bit longer with her because we've been together for so long and there is still that, that little bit of a connection there that mm-hmm. I just described that we had earlier in the week that she's the only one that can drive me up the freaking wall. Mm-hmm. Um so there's still there's still something there. So I know that there would be something there for the weeks, maybe a month or two after if we ever did, if we ever split, which we never will. Um, there would be something there, but it would be a lot easier. I don't like voicing it out loud because I feel like a dick. You're not. You're just a um, less emotional person. But that she's yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to stop like. there because she's going to send me a text and bitch me out, and I'm probably. Well, you know, well, hi, send him a text that says. Tell him to be nice to me. I'm always nice to you, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know. Jeff was like, oh, should we call out You're like, I don't give a fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say I just I'm like, do what you want. Oh, I, see. All right. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're going to cough all the whole time or not. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I've got, awesome. I've got more Ricola here than I've ever seen in my entire life. You got more what? Ricola. 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 Uh-huh. I, I would sing for you guys, but that's not going to work today. Yeah, no. So anyway, <laughs> that that it, that it took well, forty five minutes practically to get through my my hangups in my week. No, but you were asking me questions about love and shit, and that's cool too. Because well, people usually have questions like that when they actually care about. That's that's my biggest thing. Is we might even get to the other thing that I was thinking about talking tonight. Um, whereas. I have friends that I've grown up with. One mm-hmm. guy in particular who lives in Texas right now. I've known him since we were just tykes. And 
our beliefs and the way we look at the world are vastly different now than what they were, say, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he never asks whoever inquired about why my views may have changed. Um, and even when I bring up the fact of my diagnosis of autism and so on and so forth, he's never asked questions about what that means and what that means, how I look at things or anything. He's just never did. And so it leads me to question things like, well, then how much do you actually care? Um, you get fluff, your feathers get fluffed up or bunched up when I question your, you know, your beliefs, even though I'm not doing it to you personally. Um, but you don't care enough to ask and maybe and Allison's even brought, mentioned before it was like probably because it's going to bring up questions that he doesn't want to answer, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, uh, which is probably the case, honestly. But it's like if you actually cared, if you really, in my opinion, that could be totally off base on this, but in my opinion, if you actually cared about me, you would care about why I would think these things or why you'd actually want that conversation as opposed to blowing me off and saying, "Oh, we'll just agree to disagree. I still love you." Okay, whatever, man. Well, yeah, that makes sense to me. But then you're talking about, you know, guys. So there's that. And guys, <laughs> when they're That's talking so to other true. guys. Diversionary tactics. Well, I mean, they don't no. talk about their emotions like that. Most, 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 most men do most not don't. do that. And most, most men don't. are very, very, and especially like, you know, my guy friends will talk to me when they're going through shit, but they're not going to call their buddy that they go to the, you know, booby bar with and be like, Dude, I had a really rough day. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, and I think that's just the communication that happens between men and women. And women, we are a little more emotional. I, we are a little more empathetic. It's probably why I like you know? talking to women more than I like talking to men. Well, it makes sense because you want to talk about real stuff. You don't really waste your time with small talk bullshit. Like, exactly. you don't care for it. I can see that. So, you talking to a guy that's like basically their language between dudes you know for most of the dudes i know i'm not gonna group all guys in that because i know many guys who are a little more emotionally aware than you know your regular dude but so i mean it could be one it could be one either one of those things it could be that he doesn't care enough to actually ask or it could just be that he doesn't want to get into some emotional conversation because he's a dude yeah, it could be two. Or like Allison, so I guess it could be three things. Or it could be like Allison said, you'd be afraid that you're talking through all that with you might change his views and make him question what he's always believed too. So, well, it, the topic has a lot to do with it too, because in all seriousness, it's religion, isn't it? If you Some, sometimes, most if you, time. yeah, if okay. you scratch the surface of somebody's core beliefs. And you make them question that, it's like a Pandora's box. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, God, everything yeah. they've ever known or loved has become now questionable. Okay. And I think in order for that to happen, normal people go through like near-death experiences before they're willing to evaluate. So, no, definitely. And, you know, and, I, and nowadays, especially nowadays, religion and politics have kind of interwoven. Yeah. Um, and so you can't even talk politics without, you know, with you, you can't even talk politics openly anymore, which I think it's always been the point because I know I've grown up with hearing like never talk about politics or religion when you're on a date or whatever, because um, normally that's polarizing and you're going to. What to me is like, well, those are the most fascinating conversations. <laughs> well, I'm all about yeah. the deep conversations. Um, 
But now that religion and politics is like, so I can't even talk anything political with. It's like when the whole Standing Rock thing was happening, when the Indians are standing up against yeah. the pipeline and so on. Um, I was still at odds with my but from a couple of my friends who are mm-hmm. conservative Christians because they're like the politics interwoved with their religion, and you know, it, which makes no sense. Climate change wasn't a by wasn't a partisan thing. Right. Until what within the last twenty years or so, it was you know now all of a sudden it's become so bipolar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's like no, it, it's not a Democrat Republican thing. It never was up until recently. It's like now an environmental sudden, thing, you idiots. Yeah. Sorry, no, for but that's it. Saying that, but, and so know, so true. unfortunately, I think religion unfortunately has gotten and even with this whole debate lately yeah. now because of the whole school shooting. Um, I just watched a video before I got here. Pat Robinson. You know who Pat Robinson is? Mm-mm, no. Allison? Um, I do, and hashtag I'm never putting a gun in my school. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Um, Pat Robinson came out, and he's a televangelist, and he's pretty oh. freaking popular. And he come out and it's like, I don't understand why we need these AR-15s. I don't understand why we need these fast-shooting rifles that carry 30 rounds. I'm thinking, holy shit, this is coming from a conservative Christian Republican yeah. right-wing dude who's been all for every single war we've been in he's been all he's been full bore let's do it and he's coming out saying i don't understand why we need these things well you don't need that for protection if somebody breaks in your house you're not going to spray him with 30 bullets you know right well that's what i was going to it's funny how we just segue but i just thought it was interesting how this guy had come out this Christian conservative evangelical and mm-hmm. says, yeah, we don't need this. When I'm seeing a lot of those people in that camp who are still defending it. A buddy of mine, he's a pastor. Um, you can't get any more right wing than this dude. Um, I get along great with him, though. And he uh, he posted something the other day. He's like, he goes, he goes, I don't hunt. I don't own any guns. He goes, I don't have a problem with people doing any of that. Um, he's like, but I don't understand why we need these type of guns. What's the point of having a 30 round magazine? I, he goes, he goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but does it take 30 bolts to kill a deer? No. Um, no. And if it did take 30 bullets, the deer wouldn't even be edible anymore. No. Right. And my, and my point is that it takes 30 bullets to kill a fucking deer. Um, maybe you shouldn't be holding a gun. I'm just saying if you, if you need 30 bullets to kill that damn thing, I think you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but it makes sense. I mean, when he posted, I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. So he's open to this conversation. I, that's cool. So I kind of dived in, especially the fact that he was kind of lambasted for it. A lot of his really conservative friends were like, well, what do you mean? You know, And it was funny. When I started seeing a progression of posts of, well, it's protection against the government. That's what the Second Amendment's about and so on and so forth. So I started seeing, when I started seeing more of those, that's when I finally piped in on the, on the conversation. And I don't know what I said verbatim but I'll give it really short here. I was like, you guys realize our government has a drone program that if they think that you're a threat at all, they could park that thing right outside your bathroom window sitting there where while you're sitting there taking a shit, they can kill you. Not a problem. Yeah. If they had, if they think that an organization or some type of group of people are having are uprising or whatever, they could poison the water. They could drop biological bomb on you. Mm-hmm. They could do all kinds of different shit that your guns, your 30 round magazine ain't going to do fucking shit. That's true. And then, and so when I said all that, all of a sudden I started getting all these memes these guys were putting up as responses of, well, Stalin took all these guns away and communism started. And did this happen to this country? And this, I'm like, you're proving my point. Yeah. My point is when the government comes in and wants to take your shit, 
You can't stop them. It doesn't matter what type of exactly. gun you have in your damn house. So my point is you don't need a 30-round magazine that can shoot a bullet every fucking second, if not faster, depending on how fast you can pull that damn trigger, to protect yourself. Do you really need 30 rounds to kill an intruder? Do you need 30 rounds to kill a deer? Nope. No. I go, so if we ban that or at least put it down to just 10 rounds or just have revolvers or whatever, we're not going to see 17 fucking kids die. We may only see five or six because the guy's got to reload at some point. Right. I'm just saying, like, are we going to stop these shootings? Probably not. I go, but there's a way we can reduce the killings. Agreed. You can reduce the casualties. You can't stop them. You and can't since, stop crazy. If crazy right. wants to do something, crazy will find a knife. It will find a fucking definitely, potato gun definitely. and find a and way to make that an assault weapon. So these weapons, and my, and my whole point was that these weapons, are not they're just not necessary to have. It's just not because you, you can't do anything against the government. Nope. And you can't, and unfortunately, our police force is being more and more militarized every stinking year. So at some point, you know, those guns aren't going to help you against a, pol- a militant police force anyway. Mm-hmm. So th- they're doing more harm than they're doing good. So why do we have them? And of course, they're going up in arms and they're complaining and they're saying, well, you know, blah, 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 my rights, my rights, my rights. I'm like, okay, apparently your rights are more important than a kid's life. I get it. I understand. And I realize that, the, dick. Uh, you know, there's, there's that situation right there is, okay, well, I want everyone to have freedom, but with freedom also comes, you know, sacrifice, and it's the sacrifice of young kids. So I don't think that guns should be banned because that's stupid. Yeah. Um, if somebody's going to commit a crime and someone's going to break into somebody's house and try to kill them, then they need a way to protect themselves. The thing is, is, but you don't need, like you said, a 30, 40, 50 right. round clip. I don't know how high they go because I'm not a gun enthusiast like the that. The AR-15s have a 30 round clip. Um, the thing is, is like, when's, the last time in, when's the last time you've heard a story about an intruder entering somebody's house with that's armed and robbing them? Uh, exactly. That's my point. You, you, you don't hear them very often. So that is an excuse no. <laughs> kind of thrown out the freaking window. I mean, my point being, and this is a perfect segue, our guest in two weeks, we're going to sit down and talk about what the government is doing, the whole spying program and everything else. And it's like, you guys want to worry about something. This is what we need to look at. Um, your guns, whatever, they're not going to protect about what these guys, what our government's actually doing. Right. Um, and they don't care. They're tracking us all the time anyway. They're tracking us by our, our phones all the mm-hmm. fucking time. They don't, it, what's funny is, he'll get into it. I'm not even going to get into it now. I'm looking forward to that because it is uh, interesting and intriguing to me to have, hear it from somebody who isn't just some tinfoil hat, you know, running off the cuff person, actually like has... And personal information that they... He's a criminal. Right. He'll come out and he'll give his story. He's totally a criminal. He uh, he. Which is way better than a conspiracy theorist. For sure. <laughs> and the gov- For this subject, the, anyway. The government caught him. <laughs> right. The government caught him and gave him a job after he served a sentence. So, I mean, it's like he was that good. Um, so, it'll be fun. That's how that girl got her job on... Which one was it? Was it CSI? NCIS, I know one of them was a computer hacker. Oh, yeah. And it seems like the best computer hackers somehow work out. You know, they like, that, the, it's not the first time we've heard about that. No, and that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, right? Yeah. That was based on a true story because he was doing all the fraud. But I mean, if you're going to 
hire somebody to do a job. You want to hire the person who's been getting away with it and screwing everyone over because they're right. clearly the best. They've already been interviewed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you already like it makes total sense. Yeah, you already know, you know, what their resume is because you're sitting there looking at it going, how did you get away with this for so long? How do we not catch on and not find you before? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what the answer is for the whole gun debate. Uh, we're always going to have that. We have so many guns in this country that it, you know, but I don't want my kid. I wouldn't, I would not feel comfortable with my daughter being at a school where the teachers are armed. I'm just not. Teachers and, are there to educate. And, all, and the main reason is, is like, one, they don't get paid enough as it is. Mm-hmm. And now to add bodyguard to their label. Yeah. Um, Amen. It's, well, you know, and another thing, and, I was talking. And how much training does it kids, take, like, you know? Sorry. A lot. No, I was thinking, how much training but does I it have... take for a bodyguard? I mean, so not only are they teaching the kids, now all of a sudden they kind of go through this bodyguard training. And go ahead, Allison. <laughs> right. But I mean, considering myself, okay, I'm a, I'm a grown adult. I'm not too old, right? I'm not too young. I'm smart. Say I get armed. If four or five of those kids want to take that arm off of me, they're going to do it. And yeah. then what? Then then there's going to be a problem where there wasn't in the first place. That's scenario one. Scenario two, what about old Mrs. Wilson, 78 and barely spry? Yeah. What? I mean, With arthritis. is somebody going to come to her defense from two, three, four doors down because she can't carry and right. they can or are? It just, it, it just seems like, I don't <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like if there's a poison to kill, we always want to kill it with another poison. I don't I don't understand why. I mean, my, in my opinion, um, I don't think there's much that can be done in the very short term besides uh, strict gun control. Besides, right now, the NRA are losing sponsors like nobody's business. I wonder why they haven't already done that before. I wonder why they didn't do that at the Columbine, but that's a different story. They're doing it now, and I'm happy about that. Uh, Marco Rubio just got his ass handed to him by a bunch of kids. So yeah, that. there's a little bit. If, if It's louder now than it's ever been, which is one thing. Um, I think if the education system as a whole had more money, we'd have a little bit more power into um, screening agents, security teams, and metal detectors. And no, nobody wants them, but they're here now, and I think they're a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the culture of how to raise your kids without feeling they're entitled to everything, a culture of schools that has mental health care all day long so that when some kid gets bullied or some kid always eats lunch alone, somebody notices. Yeah. But but that's that's a long term. That's a long, you know, it that's is. a long and game. I'm not sure exactly what the short term answer is. Um, uh, I don't I, know. Um, but. In that, and, but that's why we need to debate it. And I think to, as a closing thought, because we only got like a minute or two left, as a closing thought, I think instead of every – it seems like every type of shooting that we've had, whether it was Columbine, Sandy Hook, now this one, or the mass shooting that happened out in Vegas or everything else, the very first response that we get from both parties is like, now is not the time to debate this. Now is the time to unite. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Debate the damn thing yeah, because you have not been debating we, this for the right. last fucking 20 years. We have not talked about this seriously because you guys keep pushing it off saying it's not the time. Fuck you. And now's the time. We need to talk. This there is this no shit. time other than now because when it's not happening, they, they wonder why we're making such a fuss over nothing. Exactly. Um, but exactly. since it is 8 o'clock, and I just wanted to mention, we are going to reschedule our um, our resolutions. And I think, actually, I think it's kind of a good thing because we push it off a little bit more, which would be four weeks today. Um, we'll find out if those people who 
are continuing their resolutions now. We're still continuing them again in a month. So yeah. another 30 days might shed a different light on it. Also, we're doing um, maybe when we do this gun thing, we can discuss kids and behaviors. We have a therapist who's willing to come on and discuss those childhood behaviors uh, that he's talking about, defiance disorder and, and all those little things that we have, to, we have to pinpoint to get the kids the help they need now before they get into high school or, or worse, middle school, God forbid. Anyway, I mean, the elementary school was terrible. Those were first grade kids. Yeah. But, you know, in order to save them from actually being the shooter later on in life, maybe there's something we can start doing with our young people now. So thanks for, like, calling me. And, um, yeah. and I love this mute button on my phone. You guys have not heard me. Uh, throw my lung on the floor, so that's really awesome. <laughs> awesome, thank you for that. <laughs> but uh, but that that's going to wrap it up this time. We're going to just do an hour this time, this week. Um, the next episode, we are definitely going to go two hours because we're going to want every bit of time that we can with this guy. Believe me, you're going to love what he has to say. He's quite entertaining. Totally. If I have to come in a plastic bubble, I'm going to be Yeah, his, his story is quite amazing. <laughs> I've been trying to convince him to write a book. I am dead serious. You guys are going to love his story. Um, so we'll end it here. Like I said, uh, thank you for listening to uh, Punk Wisdom. All of our information is at the beginning of the episode. I told you where you can find us. Um, and obviously, Allison's on the phone. So believe it or not, people, you can actually call and talk to us live. Go figure. Yeah. Even though we've been telling you over know, and over again, right? we're proving it now. Thank you, Allison, oh, I, for that. I, I posted <laughs> the picture that Jessica sent me on the Facebook page, so it's always there. And you can find us at uh, facebook.com slash Punk Wisdom 17. Punk Wiser 17. Punk Wiser 17. Yep. Oh, that's right, because yep. I thought that Budweiser commercial was clever. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, well, I'm out, you guys. End it up, and I'll see you guys in two weeks. Awesome, Allison. Thank you. All right, bye. Hope you All feel right. better. Night, Jeff. Bye. Thank you. All right, bye. All right, Punk Wisdom family, we're out of here. Have a good one. See you in two weeks. <laughs>